This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welcome back to the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis in the garage with me. My bosom buddy, Bob Castrone. What's up, Dan? How you doing? Hi, Bob. Hey, Dan. I uh, thought you were going to go with your new catchphrase. Um, um, you know, I'm taking a week off. I don't have a catchphrase. Don't know if I want one. Just keeping it organic. Okay. Organic in 17. I like that. Organic for life. Um, is that a catchphrase? Maybe that is. All right, there Maybe it is. I backed into one. So I say hello. You say, <laughs> let's try it. And Bob Castrone. What's hey, up, Bob? Hey, you know, just hanging out. Organic for life. <laughs> oh, I thought you were to leave. All right, never. It's it's we're working on it. We're working on it. We're workshopping it. Uh, welcome back to the Throwback Podcast. This is our uh, shit. I think this is our eighth episode. Bob. This is our eighth episode. Uh, and uh, it is time. To, we're going to talk about Radiohead today, which I'm very excited about. Remember in the early episodes where we didn't say who we were talking about right away. Now we say who we're talking about right away. So we've evolved. Yeah. That's the only way our show has evolved so far. It's gotten worse in many other ways. Yeah. But, but now we are acknowledging that there's no reason to build suspense because it says right in the title of the very podcast what the episode's about. So it's, it's Radiohead. It's OK Computer. What do, what do you want from us? It's a fucking podcast. There it is. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, so we'll be talking about Radiohead today. I'm very excited. Uh, one of my favorite bands um, and also the band I will say the band I, I most want to see live and have never seen live. And I've tried multiple times they have a very weird ticket system and it's very hard to get tickets i would love to see that band live uh the only time that i um and it's painful when bob bob you and i and our buddies were living uh in the hollywood hills and we had no money um radiohead played hollywood bowl mm -hmm. and i remember from my room i could hear them playing uh, it was the in rainbows tour which is one of my favorite albums ever and actually hearing them play the echo of it and it really neatly summed up the failure of that period of my life. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes sense being so close, being in this beautiful house in the hills across the street from Lindsay Lohan and uh, hearing Radiohead so close, clearly, because we could hear it clearly sometimes. Sometimes. But so far away from your from your dreams. Well, what are you going to do? We're, now we're in a garage together. So things have really night. gone in the right direction. We've, yes. really, we've really nailed this. Uh, yes. Uh, so talking about Radiohead, that an album that came out in uh, 1997. Um, every year, every, excuse me, every episode we talk about a different album, if it's the first time you're listening, uh, from our formative years. It's basically, people have asked me, Bob, what? so what's the time frame? It's kind of... Kind of like 1993 to 2010, I say. Is that is that fair? Not that we've even sniffed that late aughts period yet, but I feel like 10's a little late. A little late. Yeah, but and I think uh, I think 93 is a little late too. Well, I feel like we might hit 92, 91, 90. We could do like the D Light album. Maybe we could do early CC Music Factory. Late period John Cicada, maybe. Who knows? Wilson Phillips follow-up album. Maybe they put maybe, them up on the glass. Maybe when the Monkees put out a new album in like '89, we could maybe do that one. There's a lot of options. All right. I mean, that sounds like a very bad podcast. Yeah, it's gonna get worse. Um, all right. So as we do every episode, uh, we will go track by track uh, through the album that we're focusing on. And uh, before we do that, we like to get in the time machine. 
Yeah. Rev it up to 88. And uh, you don't, you don't have a sound effect for that now, do you? No. Okay, let's let's not do that. I'm going to uh, make a mental note of it and uh, see what was happening in the world when OK Computer by Radiohead was released, which was exactly when in 1997, Bob? June 1997. Mm. All right. What do we got? Well, first of all, uh, on June 26th, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, the first book in the best-selling series, was published. Mm. Uh, this is the wrong podcast for a follow-up conversation about that. I've never read a Harry Potter book. Nor have I, uh, but a lot of people seem to really enjoy it. That The woman, J.J. Rowling's... J.K. J.K. J.J. 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 Reddick, the uh, author of... The Harry J- Potter books. J.J. Is- Walker, the dynamite guy. <laughs> they all hang out together. Great jump shot. Great catchphrases. <laughs> great book. Uh, book writer, I was going to say. Author. I will say, guy. though, I am feeling now, now that we're in our late 30s, the not getting Harry Potter references, it's starting to... It's starting to rear its ugly head Rear its ugly head, yeah. Because it's like, it's everywhere well, now. It's like, oh, this is like, reminds me of Dumbledore. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I love when we just become old men. But yeah, fuck you. Uh, we always kind of were old men, and now we're actually becoming old men. So we're, there's a chance we become like a super old man scenario. By where 39. We end up institutionalized. Yeah. All right, what else, Bob? All right, uh, that month in June 97, the first ever interleague baseball game was played. Now, I don't think you're going to know this, but do you remember who it was? Um... No, I don't remember the game that game, but I was at the first ever Yankee interleague play game. It was Yankees Humble brag. hosting the Atlanta Braves in a rematch of the prior year's World Series. Uh, but I don't remember who played the first one. Who well, was I'll tell you, it was the San Francisco Giants who defeated the Texas Rangers by a oh. score of four to three. And we still talk about it to this day. To this day, it's still very important. Literally, th- today's the first time that game has come up in 20 years. That's like one of those useless pieces of information like, uh, I remember watching when MTV2 launched, mm. and the very first video was Beck's Where It's At. And I was kind of like, I'm going to remember this because this might be you know, good trivia. Nobody cares. Nope. Nobody's matter. ever it talked about It wasn't exactly that. the Buggles. No. Video killed the radio star. Uh, also that month, equally unimportant, the NHL approved franchises in Nashville, Atlanta, Columbus, and Minneapolis-St. Paul. Don't care. Yeah, see, June, not, not a lot of great stuff happening that month. So that's why I'm going to steal your auxiliary cord again. Oh, okay. Like I did last time. In and case of emergency, steal auxiliary cord. Play, play you a clip. You're saying the the NHL expanding was that beat out sep- uh, several different things in 1997. I'm amazed. Yeah, okay, uh, a lot of movies came out that month, but none more important, none bigger, none more influential than this one. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. <laughs> Do you recognize that movie? Of course, that's Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin, starring George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, and of course, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hey, don't leave out Alicia Silverstone in her career-destroying turn <laughs> and Uma, as Batgirl. And Uma Thurman. Yeah. I mean, what a lineup. Hold Uma on, survived I, it. Can I play one more clip? Maybe our oh. favorite line from the movie? Oh, go ahead. Stay cool, bird boy. It turns bird boy into like a six-syllable word. Beyond. It's like uh, Donald Trump's, when he says billions, it's like seven syllables. syllables like billions. Uh, that's my Donald Trump. Uh, it was a, a movie that we saw in the theater. Bob. We did. It, it, ironically, or I should say coincidentally, with uh, the girl 
that I shared uh, Lightning Crashes with as our song. Yeah. Um, and it was, I'm happy to say, we at as we were watching it, even as 16, 17-year-olds, we were fully aware we were watching history on some level. We, I remember it's a serious movie in many ways, and we were just laughing the whole time because it was so ridiculous. I mean, I was laughing because I was like in the moment, you were probably laughing, but also in the back of your head thinking like, is this it? Like, is this yeah. going to be the night where... Yeah. It all works out. Will she take my hand in yeah. the theater? She didn't. We just did laughed not. at uh, that terrible movie. And I, it should be noted that girl ended up marrying the guy that she started dating when she was 12. <laughs> should that be noted? So that was, I feel like that was a, a bad, uh, bad person to get hung up on in high school. But yeah, who, who had foresight <laughs> at, the, at that time? Who has it now? It's just that's life. We might be getting too real. Let's play the number one. Her name was. <laughs> Let's play the number one song in America when OK Computer came out. All right, here it is. This is my cue. Now, how the fuck is this? This was not the number one song in America, was it? According every day I wake up. Oh my god. I hope I'm Wait, are we going to have to sit through a minute of this? How long is this going to go? I don't know. We're in uncharted territory here. Well, I can tell you this was not the radio edit. Should I skip ahead here? No, I think now we're in it. All right. Listen, let's listen in. <laughs> Imagine Sometimes if this was the radio edit. Is that an end bomb? Were we allowed to keep end bombs in our like extremely white person podcast? <laughs> oh, wait. oh, no. This is bad. All right, I'm going to skip because the song has to start. All right, just skip 20 seconds. Should I skip 20 more? <laughs> this is what? This is fucking insane. <laughs> what is this? You're sure you're on By the right way, path? By the way, we're one minute and 45 seconds into the song. Can't wait to that day when I see your face again. It's got to be close. All right, I think this is it. That's no. It. Get the monks out of the room. Get them out of the studio. All right, hang on. Here we go. Come on. All right, this has to be. Let's go. There we go. I know this. It's an abomination. The number one song in America, I'll Be Missing You. Uh, Puff Daddy featuring Faith Evans and 112, the iconic 112. This song was fucking tremendous. Like all summer long. It was just everywhere. It was bad though, too. But it was bad. It's. I think it's worse it's now than it was then. Like it was bad then. Like everybody knew it was kind of bad. But it was. Well, the problem is there's a couple of problems. Number one, this is like basically if you if you don't like hip hop, and I like hip hop, uh, but if you don't like hip hop, this is the laziest form of hip hop to me, which is basically taking a super famous song, sampling it. And just laying uh, a really bad Puff Daddy rap. And there's nobody that was worth wor- worse at rapping than Puff Daddy. I can't get behind this one, Bob. Now you're just now you're just piling on. It's not as bad as you're making it sound. I mean, yes, you're right about the laziness. And I, I remember having to explain to my sister at the time that it was sampling another song. Oh, no. Yeah, that was a thing. But um, he, he's not the worst rapper ever. He was pretty bad. I may I point you in the direction of the Godzilla soundtrack. That, <laughs> as an example of you being wrong. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, that was a huge song, though. I do have a memory of 
Sting um, from, of course, the police coming out in an all white suit, raising out of the ground like Jesus uh, and um, not being able to hit the high notes in at the MTV Music Awards performing the song, uh, which was a little depressing as well. So there you go. Bob. There you go. Now we're there. Was we're... I a little harsh on Puff Daddy? That's fine. <laughs> Watch the Defiant Ones, though. That is a great documentary. Ooh, I haven't seen that yet. Absolutely. Uh, all right. And that takes us to... So we're not going to be talking about Puff Daddy and the Family. Not, not in today's episode. Maybe down the line. Uh, let's, let's talk about Radiohead instead. Okay, computer. I did. I did some homework for the podcast. Really? That is. Yeah, a first. I feel like the show is always a little better when I do like 14 minutes of preparation, and um, in that time, it served as an accurate reminder um, that this album exists on a separate plane in the history of rock music, in the sense that it's in that rarefied air of when it gets the greatest albums of all time. This album is on that list, and I get it. I get it. I what get is it. your relationship to Radiohead? Let me, let's start there, Bob. I, I feel like I have a very complicated relationship with Radiohead. Like I feel like I'm going to be working that out throughout this episode. Okay. Because um, I kind of do... I, I had a relationship or a relationship with Radiohead that started in kind of an uneasy place due to my Oasis... Um, uh, connection they're not really they don't really coexist oasis and radiohead fans at least in 1997 was there I any came around to them was there any animosity was there any gallagher brothers tearing into tom york i oh, don't really remember uh tom i i do remember we should talk about airbag but um i do remember a vi- it was before there was so- something that was called viral but there was a video of tom york and some guys in radiohead uh, doing a, a mocking version of Wonderwall mm. and making some type of um, kind of pithy British comment at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Radiohead was everything that Oasis isn't and vice versa. Uh, but let's talk about this song, Airbag. So the in terms of the, the album, it's like a totally, it's blasted from a different uh, place than the Benz. Did you own the Benz when this album came out? I had or a, Pablo Honey. First I album. did not own Pablo Honey. I had a cassette tape of the Benz that I acquired. I don't think I bought it, but I acquired it. Probably traded something at some point and ended up with the Benz because it had uh, three or four songs that I just loved at the time. And three songs was my cutoff at the time. Like if I knew and liked three songs, that was when I would seriously consider buying an album. And the Benz hit that. Pablo Honey did not hit that. No, I mean, Pablo Honey, of course, had Creep on it. And um, I think the other single in the U.S. was Anyone Can Play Guitar. I didn't really. I knew Creep. Right. Loved Creep. Um, and then the Benz, I got into them more from watching Alternative Nation. But I didn't really. I didn't think I owned the Benz. Now we're talking about the Benz with a D at the end, not the Benz, the Ben Folds 5, Ben Queller, mm. Ben Lee Supergroup. We're talking about mm. the Benz, right? They're really thrown around super group in a, in a loose sense. I, I mean, come on. You got all three Benz there. That's a super group. Um, more like super lame, Bob. Because I own that EP. I did own that. <laughs> so. that, that. Did that go diamond? Bob? <laughs> At least. 
Um, why did you turn the song off, by the way? Did you have an issue with Arabic? No, just, you know, you know, we're going to get sued eventually. So I just figured maybe that was the right way to go. But I can turn it back up. Why not? Yeah, because it's a, it's a really good album style. Um, so, yeah, the, the uh, I did. This album was big, though, because when it came out, we'll we'll get to the track two, which is, in fact, let's go that way. Um, this is the one that put them uh, kind of on the next level, and they really started to get uh, some comparisons to Pink Floyd and things of that nature. Uh, it was Paranoid Android. Yes. All right. Okay, well, let's be honest. We didn't have much to say about Arabic. Nice little way to I start. Yeah, off. I didn't really have anything to say. But just, this, I mean, this was the first single, right? I believe it was, yes. The first video. I remember the video premiere was a big deal because it was this big, long, crazy video. Six minutes, 27 seconds. And uh, the video was all like a cartoon. I remember right. that. And, uh, and it, it had the little guy. You would see a lot. You would see kids in college, like because there's a certain type of uh, college kid when we went to college that was the Radiohead fan. Virgins, <laughs> right? Is that what you were? Oh. I, I you could say that. I guess. Okay. And they they would have the 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 T-shirt with the little cartoon dude from the Paranoid Android. Uh, video. Yeah, that was them saying like, "I haven't had sex yet, so I got this T-shirt until I do." <laughs> And then I'm going to get a cooler t-shirt. I am in search of a manic pixie dream girl <laughs> that gets this shirt. And will actually, the shirt will help me break my long streak of virginity. I think that's about right. That was something, yeah. Um, let me see. I'm curious about the uh, the single breakdown. Because they're so weird, Radiohead. They, they could have not released anything as singles. Uh, okay, yeah, you're right. So May 26, 1997. Paranoid Android, the first single off the album. Where does this rank, Bob? If you're making like a definitive um, top twenty of the '90s, does this crack it for you? I don't know. That's a tough. That's a tough list to crack. I do. I do really like this song. It's not immediately accessible. Like it was something the first time I heard it, I was confused by it. I mean, it takes a few lessons, a few listens to really appreciate it and understand it. Now, if I was going to listen to make a Radiohead mix, this would absolutely be on there. But, you know, I feel like if you're just Radiohead songs alone, Creep would definitely be on that top 20. Yeah. Um, maybe Karma Police I'd put above this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this isn't my favorite song in the album, but it's a really cool song. I feel like as like someone who was like a basic Jughead um, teen who liked Oasis and this would be a, a little too challenging for me Yeah, in high school. And I remember thinking, like you were saying, it was like, this is weird and it's kind of, kind of cool and strange, but by no means was I, you know, saying this was my favorite song at the time. It, no. was, it was almost like I wasn't ready for this album on some level when it actually came out. I think that's fair to say we were barely 17 and it's uh this is a grower. It's not a shower. By the way, Talking about dicks, Bob? No, I'm talking about music. TikTok? Wait, could you talk about dicks that way too? What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, here's a fun fact about Paranoid Android. Like, keep it up. Bob. All right. Hey, if we're gonna get sued, we're gonna get sued. All right, all right, all right. We have you and I in terms of like liquid assets. Not a lot to go. On. No, they. They've... It's, we're pretty sure that 
HeadGum would absorb the lawsuit. That that is the word we've been using, knowing nothing about lawsuits. Uh, Paranoid Android, this is according to my research today, Bob. Written by Tom York after an unpleasant night at a Los Angeles bar where he saw a woman react violently after someone spilled a drink on her. That could be any Los Angeles bar. I do like that it's Los Angeles, though. That makes sense. There's something about Tom York being so disgusted by what he's seen in the city that he writes a completely bonkers opera, rock opera. He probably wrote it it. at the bar, too. Like a little weirdo in the corner just scribbling on napkins. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I like this wrestling. thought of what I wanted to say about airbag, by the way. So Perfect. Tom York is messed up, right? He's a tort. I mean, is he the ultimate tortured artist? Because I kind of feel like Tom York is hard to beat. Yeah. In terms of living artists. Yeah, that feels right. Um, so the whole thing about this album is about, uh, you know, uh, fear of technology and uh, and having issues with like mass consumerism and all these different things. This, all, their first two albums were not about any of that no. shit. It was just about like Tom York being sad. Yeah. And then he started writing about all these things that terrified him. And and so I'm reading about this album. I didn't know what I knew. Who knows what the songs these songs are about? Even no now clue. I've been listening to lyrics. Right. Uh, so for, for Airbag, as an example, uh, Tom York wrote Airbag bag about the illusion of safety offered by modern transit and the idea that whenever you go out on the road, you could be killed. Tom, let's calm down a little All bit. Right. No, it's, it's, it makes sense. That's You have to be a, a true artist uh, to think of something as fucked up as that and then turn it into a pop song. This is my favorite part of the song. All right, good. We raise the volume on the song three times, and every time it's a completely different song. Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's a rock opera. Yeah. It's our generation's Bohemian Rhapsody. That's not bad. Are you forgetting about Weezer's Greatest Man That Ever Lived? <laughs> We've got a couple. That's specifically your Bohemian Rhapsody. That is true. little shout-out to, I believe, is it Johnny Greenwood, their main guitarist? There's two yeah. Greenwoods. Yes. One of them, I think one of them actually won an Oscar for uh, There Will Be Blood. That's a Greenwood. Yeah, that sounds right. Score. Uh, And I do remember there's a very good profile. I meant to read it before the show, but uh, let's calm down. That would have been like way, yeah, way too much prep. Uh, Chuck Klosterman, and uh, he has a, I think it was Chuck Klosterman 4 or no, maybe not. doesn't matter the title. You could find it. Uh, it's a collection of his interviews with various um, pop and rock stars of the, the 90s and early 2000s. And I do remember specifically Klosterman, who's basically interviewed everyone from hair metal bands to every relevant rock band, uh, saying that Radiohead interviewing them, it was by far the smartest people he had ever interviewed. Uh, and you get that. They're ki- they definitely are like college boy rock. 
Yeah. The ultimate college boy rock, which some people it's a turnoff, I guess. Yeah, which when you say it that way, it's kind of weird to me that I did not like them when I was in college very much. Like I was not not a Radiohead fan. And that's a, yeah, well, like I said, we're going to dive into my complicated, complicated, I'm very excited, for complex. This. I'm very excited. I don't know what's going to happen. I think I'm just going to keep teasing it and then yeah. we won't talk about it. But um, let's play the next song and All see right. what happens. The next song, uh, this a lot of people call this one of the great breakthroughs in their career. Hi, you guys want some cookies? <laughs> I don't hate that. No. Okay. Here it's it not is. complicated anymore. I fucking love them. <laughs> Track three. Okay. Chris Kattan did it. Subterranean homesick alien. <laughs> I'm still happy about that. <laughs> We have to get better with talking up until like like we're on the radio. See, all right, it's funny you should say that, because I actually think part of the genius of Radiohead is even before he sings, just the atmosphere that they create with these songs. Like the beginning of that song is amazing. It's not. There's nothing like that. that nobody approaches what Radiohead can do with kind of creating, setting a mood. No, you're right. So fuck off, Bob. I liked it the way it was. You know what? I will fuck off. You you were right there. But I think this is perfect background music too, Bob, for uh, you to begin sharing your complicated relationship with the band Radiohead. Go ahead. I don't know, man. I just like I like Radiohead. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even try to sound smart about it. I've always liked Radiohead. I've never loved Radiohead. I have some favorite Radiohead songs, but I don't have a favorite Radiohead album. Like when you talk about. In Rainbows. In Rainbows is a desert island disc for me. I don't think I've ever even heard it from beginning to end. Oh! But I don't, and I've never really had the desire to, but I'm sure I could pull out two or three tracks from it that I love. I've never felt the desire to, like, be a Radiohead fan. And I don't know where that come from. comes from. Yeah, what is that about? I just said I don't know where that come from. You gotta, we gotta dig deeper though, because what is there not to like about them? They are obviously um, they come from our generation. There's a lot of the bands that we like are indebted to them or have a ton of shit ton of respect for them. They have a lot of, they have a, almost like a bottomless well of really great songs. I agree with everything you're saying. Like I would, put, I could easily put together uh, like twelve Radiohead songs that I like more than. 12 songs from any other artist but I just I'm not I don't have a desire to see them live wow like I like when I hear new radio heads coming out I'm not excited about that Hmm. yeah I think for me it was like I said I I don't think I was ready for Radiohead when it came out like a very similar thing happens to me I remember you and I went to see Pulp Fiction when it came out right and I kind of hated it and I was like this movie's stupid and now I would say it's probably my top ten movies ever. Yeah. I, we, well, we were fourteen. Yeah. Like it was it just way over. Our head. It right. was just it was way too intense. And I think that's to me um, was Radiohead right around this time. Um, so I kind of had like a little bit of a standoffish relationship. Yeah. With them, and then 
when I the turning point for me was actually Kid A because that when that album came out in 2000 it got such glowing praise that I went out and bought it um, without even knowing any of the songs and I listened to it I didn't get it couldn't figure it out but I was like in my college phase where I was like listen I, I want to like be cool and different and challenge myself so I listened to it over and over again and I actually almost taught myself to love Kid A uh, which I'm happy I did that because once I got into Kid A then I went back and got super into OK Computer loved the bends I could take or leave uh, uh, Pablo Honey and uh, like I said In Rainbows is one of my favorite albums ever and all their subsequent releases including their most recent one uh, Moonshape Pool I really like that as well I love radio absolutely love it so maybe that's it maybe what went wrong for me is I liked the bends and I liked you know just and the songs on the bends and then I liked okay computer but probably not as much as the bends and then from that point on I was out I didn't go on the journey with them to the weird because this was the gateway to the weird exactly um because the bends was basically just an alternative rock yeah album. it was just a rock album uh and same thing with um Pablo Honey uh, even to a greater extent to the point where it's not even really fondly reviewed or, or that's what I think yeah. uh, record reviewers were they were so shocked about when when they started to advance artistically it's like they were basically written off as one hit wonders off creep and then all of a sudden they were putting out this like nuanced insanely artistic like offerings original type stuff I think it took everybody by surprise I get it is there a band that you like that's kind of out there experimental wise yeah besides the bends the bends number one they were really trying some uh really cool shit if you guys haven't heard the bends they're on spotify just don't listen to don't listen to the bends right it's, well i was gonna say don't listen to the bends it's not that good uh individually phenomenal artists uh a yeah. weird a weird artist uh, well you know what talking about like an album it took you some time to get into i remember being that way with pulp's different class when i got it in like 94, 95, around that time. And that took some getting into. And I remember like I liked Common People and Disco 2000 and then one of the songs at the end. And it took me a while to like fill in the blanks between the different songs. I think maybe that's maybe the barrier there was that that's like the most British album that was ever yeah, recorded. Yeah, now it's <laughs> one of my favorite albums, albums ever, but it took a little while. Uh, but as far as like really experimental, like computery, Radiohead experimental... It's a good question. I'd have to think about that. Uh, while you think about it, Bob, let's uh, move on to track four. Another haunting, gorgeous song. Uh, exit music, parentheses, for a film. I don't think Tom York was in a bar, by the way, in L.A. What bar? Yeah. You really, was you he at the that? Saddle Ranch? On sunset, <laughs> he's riding the riding mechanical the mechanical horse. bull, writing sad music. Um, so are you a fan, Bob, of um, Black Mirror? From your sleep. Arcade Fire? No, Black Mirror. Oh, the, the TV show, uh, UK Twilight Zone esque series. Have not seen it. Okay. First of all, I highly recommend it. Uh, number two, this song is used. It's a very highly cinematic type song. So 
First of all, it was written for a movie. I can't remember what it was. Corky Romano. <laughs> you guys want some guys? <laughs> it was written for Romeo and Juliet, and they used it at the end of the song. Oh, ah, okay. Uh, in Black Mirror, for the and first episode of Black Mirror, uh, and spoiler alert, by the way, if you're, uh, I don't want to ruin anything, but when the Prime Minister of Great Britain uh, gets... Uh, blackmailed into fucking a pig on live television. That sounds like a big fucking spoiler. Uh, I believe it's that episode. I could be wrong, but they use this song, um, and it's perfect because. Listen to this. But anyway, this this whole album is basically a pilot for Black Mirror. If you're a fan of that series, which a big recurring running theme is a fear of technology and what it's done to culture and how people are going mad and this inability to keep up with the technology. That's what Black Mirror is about. And this album um, is, that's all this album, that's like the major theme of this album, which a lot of people say um, this album kind of was prescient. As it was what? Prescient. One more time? Prescient. Hmm. Who says that? Prescient. Okay. Some people would say prescient. Oh, got it, got yeah. it, got it, got it. That one. Uh, but it was, it took, it, this was, remember in 1997, Bob? It was very, a very innocent time in yeah, general. Yeah, I feel like we, we haven't really talked too much about 90, the 97 of this all. Yeah. Because this doesn't feel like 97. No. And that's, and this album is talking about a darker, more uncertain time. And uh, it has gotten a lot of credit for, kind of being a look ahead to a post 9-11 world which is interesting literally the number one song the week before this album came out was it was Mbop like that was the world we were living in when this album came out we basically grew up in the in the 50s yeah it really was and I think future generations will look at the 90s in the same way like well listen Dwight Eisenhower wasn't like getting blown in the Oval Office Not yeah, you know. don't know that so there was a little bit of like pop in the 90s and a little bit of skiz and like a little bit of like um, stuff that would fly today. But in general, it was a much different world. Uh, and this album's about a lot of dark shit right around the corner, basically. So in case you haven't uh, gathered it yet, now that we're eight episodes in, the two things that are going to come up in every episode. Number one, we're getting older. And uh, things are, you know, our best days are behind us. And number two, Obviously. and number two, nine eleven. <laughs> we will not go an episode without one of those two things coming up. It's apparently, come up. It, the fact that it comes up so often is probably a sign. Probably just should have seen a psychiatrist after after it happened and talked it out a little bit. Now it just like pops up in common conversation. Yeah, yeah, it's it's bad. Um, I want to get this right. I'm going to find out which Black Mirror episode this was. Hey. While Dan is looking up Black Mirror episodes on Wikipedia, which is, you know, I don't, I don't know a lot about podcasting. He's the expert, but apparently that's great podcasting. The guy's made hundreds of podcasts, so he knows when the time to not talk into the microphone and just look at his computer. He knows like what the audience wants. Like this is the time for that, and I'm ruining it by talking. Okay, I was wrong, so it's a good thing. It was the episode was actually. Um Shut up and dance. But anyway, doesn't matter. That was so worth it. By the way, the <laughs> you said but anyway, finishing the <laughs> sentence for the thing that you looked for for three minutes. Um, but the prime minister did fuck the pig. <laughs> I don't care. You, I mean, just think about that, Bob. Think about that's a show that you need to get on your grid. 
Does that make you want to watch the show more or less? Me telling you that is basically the hook of the pilot of the show. Uh, a little bit more. Not going to lie. Yeah, that's a little I mean. bit more. Give it one shot. I'd even watch it with you again. I've seen it a few times now. I don't want to watch that with you. Love televisions about pig fucking. <laughs> We've watched a lot of that. Okay, next, what's next? Next track, Let Down. When, Ooh, go ahead. Can I can I segue into? You want to seg? You know what's not a letdown? Okay, go ahead. Right? Is yeah, it so far so sure. good? Uh, have you ever seen the Clickhole, you know, the subsidiary of The Onion, the Clickhole Oral History of Radiohead's OK Computer? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> it is the funniest thing I've ever read. One of the funniest Wait, things I've ever right. read on the internet. Now, this is the chant. Now, I'll vamp for a minute or so. I okay. Do a quick search, Bob. Let's okay. turn this up. Let's listen to the song. Right. For you turn it down and vamp, and I'll find some, some key moments. Okay, go ahead. Another very pretty song. Great vamping. <laughs> now, I, I, I sometimes know. we forget that we actually have the music here, too, that some people might want to listen to. There, In fact, and this is the thing I've been most proud of, Bob, about our podcast. We talked about Is This It last week, The Strokes. There were multiple people who tweeted at me that they had never heard the album before yeah. until our podcast, and that's how they discovered it, and they were loving the first strokes out. I loved the one dude who said he turned our podcast off halfway through so he can listen to the album and then he picked it back up. I totally get that. I like you think the one he shit himself, which is as we talked about last week. If you listen to a stroke song that's really good, you evacuate. He one hundred percent shit himself. Yeah. I like the dude that had never heard New York City cops and was excited about that. So yeah, yep. it's cool. It's, we did it. Yeah, we did it. All right. All right. So you ready? Oh, I'm so ready. All right, go ahead. I don't know what it is about this that makes me laugh. Like, it's hard to like laugh out loud reading something when you're by yourself. This makes me laugh out loud when I'm reading it. All right, so this is about a uh, quarter of the way into the oral history of OK Computer, according to Clickhole. Phillips, and, you know, they do it in that sort of oral history style where yes. it's, you know, bolded name and then what they said. Should Do you want to trade off the lines? Is that a way to do it, or do you just want to read it? Let me just knock out three. Okay. Philip Selway. We wanted to record the album in a Best Buy in order to be close to computers, but they kept kicking us out, so we eventually moved into our own studio in Oxfordshire. Johnny Greenwood. We love recording there because we're allowed to chew gum inside the booth. Radiohead is a big gum band. We love gum. Tom York. Gum is the impossible meal. <laughs> it's illegal to swallow, so you have to always be chewing. Tom York thinks swallowing gum's illegal. A fabulous crime is that I actually swallow my gum all the time. I swallowed 20 pieces of gum. I swallowed 20 pieces of gum on the tourist, and you wouldn't even know it because I'm so fast. Ed O'Brien. I definitely think Tom swallows too much gum. You're not supposed to swallow gum. You're supposed to chew it. I don't know why he does that. And it just goes off into a completely different direction. It's, it's so ridiculous. I love it. It's, it's amazing. amazing. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll, is, uh, we'll tweet it out. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. There is a... Um, 
they're a fun band to kind of kind of poke fun at in that sense because they're so angsty and artistic and well i'm doing the number one thing you shouldn't do is explain why something's funny so <laughs> yeah, just that laugh is. at that or don't laugh at it and you know leave me alone oh, i'm sorry one more time yeah later in the article ed o'brien <laughs> it's not that we didn't like the record we loved it we just felt weird that all of a sudden it was the number one sex album in the world <laughs> that's not how we intended for the album to be enjoyed philip salway Suddenly, we hear that everyone's fucking to this album, and I'm getting a call from the president of Capitol Records every day thanking me for creating the fuck anthem, Fitter Happier. Uh, last one, Tom York. Terrific, I assumed. Now we will surely be arrested and sent to jail for igniting a sexual plague with our speculative computer music. What an idiot I was. Every judge who heard the album loved it. I got thank you letters from them saying that OK Computer made them believe that sex was possible again in England. So, yeah, it's <laughs> called speculative computer music. That's pretty amazing. Um, all right. So that was let down, which takes us to. I don't know if creep was the biggest hit. Um, this band ever had in the US, but if it's not, then this song probably is. This is when we could be talking. Yeah, it is, but this is one of the top 20 songs of the 90s. I don't think uh, I don't think people could argue that. Yeah. If you argue that, you're a monster. You're you're just a dick. Don't right, be a dick. Listen. Nice job building time there, bro. I get why people, people that don't like Radiohead, um, and call it you know sad bastard music or you know just whiny rock or whatever, because this is probably like one of the catchiest things they ever did, and you know it's still pretty sad and whiny, but this is their lane, right? That's they're gonna stay in their lane, stay in their lane, and oh, good play on. The video. Oh, one of my favorite videos. Car lane. You did it. You nailed it. That was accidental, but I'll I'll take the I'll take the accolades. Uh, yeah, great video. Uh, I think it's like an old fat guy chasing them in their car, and then they turn the tables on him. And then yeah, I, and it was this was also the time of like the million dollar video. We like, get a beer. Hypnotize and like these videos that were just insane. Mick G kind of videos and then it's just the best video that year was just a guy walking down the middle of a road like radio I just showed you didn't need to make make a big deal of it by the way once again we're drinking Pacificos tonight send us Pacifico Pacifico that's how I'm begging that's how we got Squarespace exactly it's how we booked Squarespace and there's no looking back um I don't know. I think they put a lot of effort and thought into it and probably spent a lot of money, this video. 
Uh, no, they probably didn't spend a lot of money. I'm not arguing the effort and thought. $7 million was the budget. That sounds a little, I don't know for sure, but that sounds Excuse like me, a big... Excuse me, 11 quid. That's the oh, direct yeah, I can't argue dollars that to... I have no idea. Whenever I see like one of the, whenever I see one of those squiggly little symbols next to like a, a dollar amount on uh, the internet, I don't yes. know what that means. Forty-seven posadas. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. Um, yeah. This is one of the best songs of the nineties. Is this is this the catchiest song they ever wrote? Probably. I mean, creep, right? Yeah. This is creep. Creep is bigger, by the way. When you were teasing you it, so? I think so. I think like. Creep would be on any now that's what I call the 90s volume ones. You know, like. Only volume one? Yeah, well, we'd, no, I'm saying it would make the first volume. That and like Loser. And which is funny because like I always think about Creep and Loser together as like the two songs that everybody assumed were one hit wonders and it turned into Beck and Radiohead. Yeah, that's true. I think, uh, let's see, uh, the song was number eight on the UK singles chart, so top 10 in the UK. Number 14 on the U.S. Modern Rock chart. So, a uh, sizey hit. Uh, but it was also so weird that it was never going to be a Billboard pop hit. But, ooh, I like it. This gets weird. Yeah. This was a cool song to play. remember now how the video ends by the way the video is actually the car is chasing the fat old man Mm -hmm. and then the fat old man uh lights a match and then has a like a stream i guess it's a gasoline strip leading back to the car and then the car throws in in reverse is trying to get away from the man and it ends with the car in being engulfed in flames so you're right it was a seven million dollar (laughs) video i totally underestimated the scope of what was happening there. Um, uh, what did that mean? Let's let's figure that out. So what what did that say about society? That we're we're mm. constantly running away from technology. But if we ever stopped and turned around and pers- and chased after it, it would retreat from us, and we would ultimately be dominant. I like it only it's probably the inverse because yeah, it's the inverse. I know. As I, yeah, race. as I was saying it, it didn't feel right. But yeah. But I think you're close. Uh, the next track is "Fitter, Happier." Ooh, I love this one. This is a weird, 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 weird interlude. Fitter, happier, more productive, comfortable, not drinking too much, regular exercise at the gym, three days a week. Getting on better with your associate employees. Is this Chris Catan? <laughs> you guys like some no cookies? Dinners and saturated fats. A patient better driver. Right, this isn't, like, this isn't something we have to listen to, right? In I think we have to. Well, you know what's no crazy is that they no wanted to make this the first track of the album. Never watching you think anyone would have ever gotten to track two if they actually <laughs> did this? Yeah, I, I have some alternates, right? Alternates to interlude. Here, listen. Bob likes to fall into dance cushions. <laughs> Wait a minute. More sound? Wait, what, what's happening here? 
All right, just do it again. Just type in oh, a line. You want to hear that one again? There you go. Listen closely. Bob likes to fart into dance cushions. Bob likes to fart into dance cushions. You're giggling like a fucking nine-year-old right now that you just made your computer <laughs> say that. Here we go. Okay, yeah, yeah. Bob will die alone. <laughs> All right, that one's pretty good. <laughs> One more. Well, you are loving this. I've never seen you this happy. This is honestly, like he's grinning from ear to ear. Bob has a little penis that shoots fire. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so that that was the alternate uh, album. Uh, that's that's on the B side. If you get if you ever bought the uh, Paranoid Android single, that was on it. I would one hundred percent be okay with having a little penis if it shot fire. <laughs> I would make I would take the trade off any day. Uh, I I would too. To be quite honest with it you, it would not benefit me anyway with with women because mm-hmm. number one, small penis. Number two, shoots fire. Well, that's, you'd probably go to jail. Well, I'm not going to like kill people with my fire dick. Well, I mean, think about it. Just Maybe. think about the mechanics of it. Right. Well, no. I, I the had act a, of making love. Uh, well, no, no. I would have to be careful with making love. I'd have to pull out, number one. Well, that's not necessarily the best solution. How do you know? Uh, fire ejaculate? Yeah, you don't. You got to pull out, number one. Number two, very practical if you had a penis that, tiny penis even, that shot fire. Great at birthday parties. Obvi- oh, oh, we need to light the candles. <laughs> it happens all the time. I got a fire dick. Boom. Yeah, candles but you lit. Can't, you can't shoot the fire unless you're aroused. So if you were like a kid's birthday party, you would have to first yeah, wake yourself up. I mean, I'm usually super aroused. And then you get arrested. No, I see and what you, you're saying. That's a but... felony, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but then I can protect myself from the cops with my fire. See, there's a lot. Like, I'll, I'll work this out. It's like, hey, I'm. Bob, I'm totally comfortable with, you know, taking the next step in our relationship together. But why are you bringing a fire extinguisher into the bedroom right now? <laughs> next track. Yeah, next track. <laughs> Electioneering. Uh, this is, is the most overt rock song and also the song that Bob probably liked the most if you love the Benz. That's just a guess. We'll see what Bob has to say about that. We have not got to the song that I love the most off this album. I think I know what it is, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to say it right now. I like this. is the most overtly <clears throat> political song on the album. I couldn't begin to tell you what it was about. Uh, it's very British. It's maybe the, the Tories? I think it's something about a Labour Party or, I don't know, Tom's all fired up about something. Um, Faulty Towers? I don't know. Isn't that a like an overrated comedy, seri- uh, comedy series? It's British? Like I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm really... Um, we're in the weeds a little bit with that, but um, this was a song about something he was unhappy with in the political spectrum that I'm sure if you wanted to listen to it today, again, talking about how this album is something that foretold the future of uh, uh, modern society, 
uh, I'm sure we could spin it to what's happening in this country as well. I'm sure whatever it is, it's the same thing that was upsetting people in Love Actually when Hugh Grant. Like that, that's like the same issue that like a lot of the music was about at the time. Was whatever was happening in Love Actually. That I knew that was a major mover of the dial artistically for people. I know that. Right. Um, so anyway, this is uh, the best like pure yeah, rock song. I love this. I love everything about this. Um, but we got to keep moving. We do. Uh, so the next track. Uh, let me see. Where are we at this? One, two, three, four, five, we are track nine. Climbing up the walls. Our friend Brian, we do. It's very our our female friends. Yeah, our female friends think it, th- always thought it was very cute that we would make mixtapes um, for different trips we would take in high school and college. Oh, we we haven't talked about this on the podcast yet. Yeah, in fact, I would love it. Is my I even have one? I brought some for Bob to take a look at because I found them when I went to my parents' uh, house in New York uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, we used to go to our group of friends, uh, me, Bob, Brian, Greg, and Dude Love would go on a trip every summer. Mm-hmm. Went to Wildwood a couple times. We went to Ocean City, Maryland. Uh, we went to, did we go somewhere? Cancun. Cancun, then eventually Las Vegas. Right. Los Angeles from New York, San Diego. But, and, and we still do it to this day where we kind of put together these, uh, Mixes and it's all very nerdy but endearing on some level, I would think. The technology has evolved a lot, obviously. Yeah. Uh, as Tom York predicted. But in the, be- this. in the beginning, what we would do is we would get, we would probably fight over who spent the $2 to buy a blank cassette. And then somebody would start and put a song on it. And then you would hand the cassette off to the next guy and who was not allowed to go back and listen to what you put on. Mm-mm. And then he put the next song on, and we would pass it around the five of us. That is pretty nerdy. Over the course of weeks, and you know, you would see how, like, when you got to the end of the first side, you would see how much space was left, and you kind of knew that you got boned with like, I have to put like a two-minute or less song on there. But then you would do that, pass it off to the next guy, and uh, we all got our songs on there. And then we would get in the car to drive to one of these places, and we would listen to the to the mix. Yeah, and uh, and I, I guess long story short, Brian, our friend Brian, put electioneering on one of those tapes. I still remember that's how I remember uh, this song. But it was, I get why our friends uh, Christine and Sarah would like kind of mock us for it because it was something. It was like thunderously nerdy. They were like, "All right, your turn with the tape. Make sure you take care of it." Well, we didn't. I don't think we talked like that. But. <laughs> you guys want some cookies? <laughs> oh, man, so much Romano on this podcast. Uh, yeah, we. Yeah, that was. It was nice though. It was. I'll, you know what? I'll stand by it. It was great because it was fact, a, it's a great idea. It was a great win when you got in the car and you got to listen and like, you know, if you had a song that everybody liked, it was kind of like a great feeling that everybody was digging your song, and uh, if, you know, a couple of those songs over the years bombed. It happened. They Wait, so you're saying, you're saying Brian put this song on? No, no the last song. Okay, yeah. that makes way more sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this song, I can take or leave. Yeah, you get crucified if you put this on a mix. <laughs> it's like our friend Mike put uh, Turn My Head by Live <laughs> on like once, which is a, a really ponderous ballad. Uh, by a band that most people do not know exists nowadays. Right. Yes. 
judging by our downloads. Um, but uh, that was a sin. Yeah, that and we mocked him for the entire weekend. That didn't go well. I learned a lesson early on in the mixtape uh, making process that uh, comedy mm. doesn't translate into a uh, into a mix where you're going to be listening to it all the weekend. Because the infamous Boston '99 mix, we would listen to it in the car, but then we would also, when we were drinking and hanging out in wherever we were, the hotel or wherever we were staying, we would just play it on repeat because it was all of our different songs. And uh, yeah, one year I put on um, the South Park album had come out mm. and I put on uh, Cartman singing I'm Sailing Away, mm. Come Sail Away. And uh, tragic decision, you know, really, fun, really funny the first time, really <laughs> brought the house down, brought the house down the, the first car. time. But then by like Saturday night when we had listened to the tape four times hearing Cartman uh, sing sticks, it didn't not didn't so have the funny. Same yeah, bad. It. Yeah, bad. Uh, next track is, I believe, the final single. Uh, it is No Surprises. This was a single? Well, I remember the video. The video is a very I remember, yeah, you're right. I remember the video. video. Yeah, it was a great video, but I don't remember ever hearing it on the radio or... I don't know if we had, like, a radio station at this point. Yeah, I think you're right. That was playing this album. It was kind of tough to be a alternative music fan as things got ticked towards the later 90s. Yeah, this was right on the eve of the awful. I'm going to pop it up. This was actually the fourth single. They put out five singles, so the record company uh, really pushed this, obviously, with five singles. January 12th, 1998. Uh, No Surprises came out. uh, And I have a tidbit on this one in my research. Okay. I'm not going to break out the tidbits unless they're sauces. Uh, No Surprises. This is always a little... I don't know if I buy this because I read these things a lot when I read about albums. Recorded in a single take. Wow. I really believe that. I don't know if I believe that. That's, it's a nice little story. But anyway, it is arranged with electric car, uh, guitar, inspired by the Beach Boys. What song, Bob? Think about when you hear the uh, main guitar riff of this song. Here it comes. I know you're a big uh, Beach Boys fan. God only knows. No. No, it's this. Oh, yeah. How about that? That's pretty great. And I never connected it before. And yeah. it's like, oh, so wouldn't it be nice? That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um. Anyway, so no surprises. Go back to no surprises. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. We're going to make the comment. I'm not going to make any decision, but we have to choose one song from every album for our Spotify um, playlist, which you can find by searching, what, Throwback Podcast, Bob? Yes, yes. It's been Some rena- people have not been able to I find know, it. I know, it's been renamed to help that. It's uh, 
throwback podcast playlist. All right, good. Uh, and I, this one's a contender for me, but I can choose so many songs on this album. So I don't know many fun facts about this album or Radiohead in general, but I do know. Do you know what the song is about? Uh, no. What is it? It's about a bank robbery. No really? alarms. No alarms. No surprises. This is, I mean, I feel like this might make the ending of the show anticlimactic. I think this is my favorite Radiohead song. Okay, well, that's... And this is... Good to know. This is a song where if you go on YouTube and you just put No Surprises cover, you'll find the best covers of this song because it's such like a beautiful song. Yeah. That uh, with like a female voice singing it like acoustic or whatever. It's like a beautiful song. That is one of the like sneaky ways to judge how good a song really is, is if, um, if it can be covered and it could be taken apart and put back together and, and sung different ways and performed different ways. And it's just good. No matter how it's done that, uh, that checks out. Tom York also described no surprises, Bob. And I think it's, he described it aptly. As a fucked up nursery rhyme. Yeah, that sounds right. Pretty perfect, actually. Pretty perfect. Uh, now, the penultimate track and also a single, which this is really surprising to me because I would have never guessed it. It was the third single released December 1997. Bob, a more innocent time. Uh, this song is Lucky. Not the Britney Spears version. <laughs> no. But what if it was? Think Britney likes Radiohead? Does Britney know a single Radiohead song? I bet she does. Yeah, she probably does. She's she's way plugged in on the... Um, she was a big fan of um, Bob Has a Small Penis That Shoots Fire. <laughs> that was her favorite one. This was a singer? It was used in Six Feet Under. Do you remember? No. Uh, it was also a, when they put out a um, they put out a soundtrack to actually Six Feet Under, which is one of the, I think it's the the lost great HBO series. Six oh Feet yeah, Under. totally. Uh, one of the great finale series finales ever ended with a perfect song breathed by uh, Sia, mm-hmm. uh, but they used this too. Um, there it is. Yes. This was the only uh, song that was recorded before the rest of the songs on the album. It was on a, um, a benefit album in the UK called uh, War Child. Uh, Tom York had this to say. Everyone knows about this one, recorded for War Child, unplayed by Radio 1. Radio 1's the big British radio station. They didn't play this. Who's Sarah? No one I know. It's just my favorite name. If you're a... Oh, that's... If you're a Monster Radiohead fan and your wife or husband is also a Monster Radiohead fan and you have a girl... Oh, it's good with uh with the h at the end or no uh you know what in the lyrics it has the h at the end. okay so you got to stick with it yeah 
So Don't fuck don't. it up, Radiohead fans with soon to be daughters. Yeah, do not blow this. Uh, all right, great song. I'm equally surprised it was a single, but Radiohead was flying high in 1997. The final track uh, on the album is called The Tourist. This song is on definitely when I was in college and I would have like a sleep mix that I would put on and it would all all super chill, low-key songs. This one was definitely one that I used. We should do a sleep mix podcast where we just like play our sleep mix songs. <laughs> Until the audience falls asleep. Yeah. I like that. A lot of people driving while they listen. Yep. Just cause massive accidents. Fake Plastic Trees was always on my uh, sleep mixes. Yep, for me too. Although that song has like a crescendo. It does, yeah. But it's not one that's going to wake you up. There was a 120-minute CD that I had that had an acoustic Fake Plastic Trees, so it was a little easier to digest. You want to hear the um, the demo had like a little interlude in it? Do you want to hear it? Do we have to stop this to no. play the interlude? No. Okay. It's- yeah. It was like it just stops and then there's like a second of like quiet. And right, right. Bob is both male and female body parts. Oh, this huh. weird. It's kind of it's interesting. And then the song just pops back up again. Well, Tom York was not one to shy away from a unique song structure. So that I mean that fits that fits the bill. <sighs> Obviously. Okay, Computer was nominated for a Grammy Award as Album of the Year. And Best Alternative Music Album at the Grammys in 1998. It did not win Album of the Year. And now I'm going to find out what did. Because, son of a bitch, how does this not win Album of the Year? Well, like I mentioned before, Mbop was the number one single in America before this album came out. So it had some heavy competition. It's going to be Sean Colvin or something, I bet. Let's see. It's going to be Eagle Eye Cherry. Um, you know what? Let's, I get it. I, I respect him. He's your boy. But that ridiculous grassroots campaign for everyone to act like Bob Dylan put out another classic, Time Out of Mind. Time Out of Mind. It's like, is, it was like, oh, Bob Dylan's back. It's like, okay. Time Out of Mind is a great album. Has anyone mentioned that album once? Yes. Since that promotion yes. cycle around them that yes. got him a Grammy? That's still known as a great album. Come on. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree that this one should have beaten it just based on sort of its cultural footprint and how it was doing something completely different, but don't shit on Dylan, dude. No, Dylan's fine. I know, but that's a great album. But you know, I just remember that was kind of striking how hard the, uh, the Dylan community pushed to make that a thing. Was that soy bomb? Did that lead to soy bomb? So, you know, we got soy bomb out of it. Got soy bomb out of it. That was a big deal. What was soy bomb again? Just some crazy dude who ran up on stage with the word soy bomb written on his (laughs) topless body. Well, Bob, During what? While uh, he collected Dylan's his, acceptance speech? Yeah, while he collected his Grammy. Well done. Mm-hmm. Um, so there it is. Soy uh, Bomb, by the way, fun fact, Sean Spicer. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people didn't know that. That was him. Topical. Yeah, right? Topical. I liked it. Thank um, you. Uh, okay, Bob, now is the time we need to pick the song. But I think, yeah, you're right. It's anticlimactic, but it's also good that we're on the same page. I would nominate... Um, so many things you, I could do karma police, 
but we like to be a little left of center and not mm-hmm. too on the nose with these uh, paranoid androids. Same thing. But I'm also thinking um, album flow. I was looking at our playlist to this point. It's very impressive. Well, there's a live song on it, too, but otherwise a very impressive playlist. <laughs> it's an impressive it's, live song. It's a little bit of a sore thumb right now. The lives, It's almost like we need to do another bad album soon or a bad artist. So well, people don't do... think that we're holding live up against all these other artists we've done so far. I kind of like that. Let's only do yeah, classic albums true. from here out and we just have live sitting there. Throwing uh, coppers. But that was a classic album. Kind of classic. You know, people who came at us because it was, you know, oh, it doesn't hold up. Yes, they're, they're not going to all hold up. We're going to do an Everclear album eventually because that was a big album mm. that I liked a lot at some point in my life. It's probably not going to hold up, but it was good. But we'll get there. Right now, let's talk about uh, Radiohead. <laughs> you just kind of went off on a little bit of like a war against someone that was there was no person actually arguing with you, but you were in like a I was, passion I was defense it. of yourself. No, I, was, I, was, I felt it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, my point being, I, Paranoid Android's a little too long because the songs we've had so far on our playlist, they're a little beefy in length. So how about a nice, tight single? Um, and I don't think, uh, I, I can't argue with it. No Surprises would be a perfect addition to our, our Spotify playlist. Yeah, well, I was driving here. I thought, I'm going to vote for No Surprises. And so it came way easier than I thought it would. So absolutely, add it to the Spotify playlist. Okay, good. So there you go. We, we've tackled yet another monster um, album. Man, is this it? last week okay computer this week throwing copper the week before there's no way to judge what what could come next don't try to pin us down we'll do what we want you want to try to put us in a box put you in a fucking box boom boom murder that's a death threat yeah we're gonna fucking murder all of you what other podcast threatens the lives of their audience this is a straight up literal (laughs) threat to your lives we are going to kill you uh so yes the spotify playlist you can get by uh, searching Throwback Podcast. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter at Throwback Pod, where we uh, tweet a bunch of fun stuff leading up to the, our Thursday night re- or Friday release. Thursday? Thursday. Thursday we put it out. Releases. Um, so follow us there. Yeah, definitely follow us on Twitter because we tweet out the Spotify playlist every Thursday. And like Dan said, we just uh, we use that thing all week long. So. Yeah, Bob just tweeted out a photo. We, if you listen to the strokes podcast last week my ill-fated encounter with drew barrymore we have photographic evidence of that night now yes uh up on the uh on twitter so check that out all right Uh, thank you to everybody for listening uh we'll be back with another uh throwback next week till then That was a HeadGum Podcast.